Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Giese, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. On this edition, we're talking union hockey and college hockey. We'll have union men's coach uh, Rick Bennett's comments from his uh, Wednesday media availability. And I'll have an interview with Sacred Heart head coach C.J. Maritolo, whose team has been a great story this season and just won the inaugural Connecticut Ice Tournament last weekend. Union beat writer Mike McGannon joins me now. And hello, Mike, and uh, Mayor's Cup. Another tie, another shootout, but the difference, the men win the game this time. RPI men take the cup home. Yeah, it was a nice breakthrough for the Union women to uh, yeah. finally win the thing, and they clearly outplayed RPI. Um, uh, and then meanwhile, in the men's game, we, we, it was deja vu all over again to last year um, with uh, RPI pulling it out this time in the shootout. Um, funny thing is, um, at the press conference, they had Jake Morello and Will Riley there, and I uh, I don't know. How, well, I, I was asking about the shootout from the year before because Jake Morello had said he – went in the second round or something mm-hmm. like that, and he missed. And, and I said, well, you know, I mean, you guys don't do that very often. He said, well, actually, once a month at the end of practice, we have a shootout competition, mm-hmm. and we have a thing called the Lemonier, which um, the last guy to actually successfully beat the goalie has to wear a yellow helmet in practice for a, for a uh, whole month. And it's um, he said he wears it proudly. I asked Will <laughs> Riley about the same thing. He said, just, you know, by the grace of God, I haven't had to do it this year, but he had one last year and the year before. And then I asked the union side about that. Rick Bennett said Jason Tapp used to uh, make that person suck lemons after practice or something like that. So it's quite an honor. But uh, um, went to a shootout. Uh, Owen Savory was terrific for RPI. Um, another great goalie duel between him and, and uh, Darian Hansen. So it was, it was a lot of deja vu and flashback to last year. Well, that's once again, another slow start for union. Uh, this is the third consecutive game where they really got off to a slow start. This has got to be concerning because uh, you'll hear the comments of Rick Ben a little bit later, but there's eight games left now in a regular season. They really can't afford these slow starts. No. And they actually did score first in the mayor's cup game, but the bang uh, RPI came right back like a minute, 11 later so the, the lead was very short-lived so they didn't even get a chance to see if they could you know play with the lead at all in that game and uh slow starts and it's linked to something we've been talking about all season the fact that they just aren't they can't score they're you know their offense is very uh, challenged and you know it, it's just tough for them to squeeze them out and finish on plays yeah i'm looking at their goals the four goals against this year overall 40 just 43 goals and they've given up 72 it's just mind-boggling to see a union team like that it yeah. almost reminds me of the old days back in the 90s when the scoring was tough and they were giving up goals. So, um, as you mentioned, the women uh, finally come through with the, the Mayor's Cup. And not only that, they ended up sweeping RPI over the weekend. Uh, what was the sense of the uh, the mood like with the with the women uh, after they won the Mayor's Cup? Oh, they were pumped up, of course. Um, I mean, it was one thing to win the trophy for the first time in the three years that they've done it. And that's always a fun little scene after the game where everybody just plows onto the ice and they take a picture with the trophy. And, you know, it's just one of those fun little perks during the season. But in the meantime, their game actually counted in the ECAC standing. So it was a big weekend for them. It wasn't just that one game. They got a big four points in the standing. It was very key. Now they came back and, and lost to uh, a tough St. Lawrence team on Tuesday, a game that had been rescheduled. So, but you know, they, I, I think the union women are feeling pretty good about themselves 
uh, right now. They're, they're not world beaters by any means, but they got a couple nice things going and, and uh, a lot to look forward to um, potentially postseason. Yeah, I mean, they're uh, sitting right now in the final playoff spot, eighth place, uh, five, eight, and three, 16, uh, 13 points. It's going to be uh, one less, uh, one be, uh, Quinnipiac's one behind in ninth place. Uh, St. Lawrence with that victory on Tuesday uh, jumped uh, from ninth to seventh, so they have 14 points. So, I mean, Union right now with uh, just six games left in the regular season, they're actually off this weekend. Right. Uh, they'll, uh, they'll place Quinnipiac when they return. We, um, uh, Josh Keeble was not available for the Wednesday media availability, but he'll be back probably next week. We'll talk more about uh, the yeah. women's home stretch. But as we mentioned, the Union men's right now, you know, they have Harvard and Dartmouth coming in this weekend. That's and, the, and actually, this is the first. They finally, finally play these teams for the first time this season. That's kind of late. Unusual, yeah. sure. And um, you know, this this is kind of like the photo negative of last weekend, where they had two teams that were kind of appeared to be ripe for the plucking. And well, I mean, two weekends ago, um, before the Mayor's Cup, and you know, they they laid an egg that weekend, and now all of a sudden they're going up against these teams that are like in the upper tier of the the standings, and and both very tough teams, and and you know. Can't sleep on Dartmouth, you know. Well, Bobby Godet, <laughs> Bobby Godet always has his teams ready. Yeah. Uh, looking at the standings right now, I mean, uh, Cornell and Clarkson tied with 20 points. Harvard third with 17. Uh, they played 14 games. They only play one game uh, this week, and that'll be the game against Union because it's uh, bean pot time for them yeah. on Monday night. Uh, I believe they take on Northeastern. And then Dartmouth is in that the last first round by spot with 16 points. Uh, they only have. They played 13 games. So, uh, and Union, as we have mentioned, they played 14. They'll play two this weekend. Then they're off next weekend. They're really a, a fluke in the schedule with that. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what does Union have to do to win? I mean, they got to come out. I mean, they, 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 they got, yeah, they got to play like I mean, they got to score now. It's plain and simple. They just need to figure out a way to start scoring, to at least be in some of these games and, and you know, have a fighting chance to, to figure out, like, can we get a lead and, and figure out a way to protect it and get a W out of this thing. I mean, they, you know, I hate to keep harping on the same theme over and over, but really they're, they're, they just have to score some goals. Yeah. Someone's, they got to find a way. I mean, I go back to the RPI game early in the season when, when somebody like Zach, a melophone um, scored twice against RPI, which was really unusual. And, but that's kind of a indicative of how union is, is where they got to find, find a way to get offense out of any source, any means possible. Um, you know, their top line has been pretty good and pretty productive with Bernaldi and Sanda and uh, um, drawing a blank on who's on the other wing. Or, oh, they're centered by um, – man, this is horrible. I should have never opened my big mouth. Um, that's fine. But that line's been pretty good, but it's not like, you know, lights out outstanding. And they kind of need to manufacture goals at some by any means necessary, even if it comes from maybe the defense somehow. You know, Dylan Anhorn's having a pretty good offensive season from the blue line. So, I mean, they got to play basically with the intensity they had against Cornell. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they could bottle that and bring that to every game, that'd be great. But that's not the way it works, as they found out quickly and, and painfully the following weekend. Yeah. And in the Mayor's Cup for that matter, too, because he, you know, at one point he benched one of their lines and was rolling three lines, which isn't, you know, ideal and, uh, you know, may have, may have been a factor in why they, you know, didn't. Well, Rick Bennett Bennett will talk about that in just a moment. We'll get his thoughts. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox.
Hi, this is Albany football coach Greg Atuso. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Back on the Parting Shots podcast, along with Mike McGannum, I'm Ken Schott. Rick Bennett met the media Wednesday for his weekly press conference. Here's what the Union's men's coach had to say about his team and his Super Bowl pick. Ready. Home stretch now, last eight games of the regular season, uh, starting Friday with Harvard. What's the uh, mentality right now as you head into the home stretch? Yeah, hasn't changed. Just worry about uh, this week practice, prepare as best we possibly can, um, and get ready for uh, just get ready for Harvard. We're not worried about Dartmouth. Uh, we, you know, we, we know they're going to be a challenge, but we got a huge challenge ahead of us with Harvard. So. You know, kind of looking at it, that you know, our next eight games, seven of those opponents are, you know, above us, you know, in standing. So, you know, we got to be ready to, we got to be ready to go. That was something that you were talking after the Mayor's Cup. You said you had to shorten your bench a little bit, so obviously everyone wasn't ready to go. How much of a concern is that with a month left in the regular season? Well, it'll be a concern if we see it again, um, you know, Friday night. Are you going to get every every player playing as hard as they possibly can um, every night? Um, probably not. Probably not. But we need we need, we need close to, to, to everybody. Um, and those ones that aren't, that's why uh, that's why we film the games. So, you know to to show them and find out why. You it's know. from your standpoint, the guy that I would assume you brought it every night when you played, does it, is it a head scratcher to you that they wouldn't, knowing that there's only so many games you can play a year? It's not an NHL schedule, it's 30-some more games. Yeah. Does it drive you a little nutty sometimes? Well, I appreciate your kind words. <laughs> <laughs> But I think we all we all forget when we were players, as we get older, and I think that we were this and that and this and that and that's. I remember a couple times in, in pro, and I had a chance to play back home in front of family and friends uh, an awful lot. And God rest his soul, my grandfather he he gave it to me a couple times about you know what I think you can go a little bit harder than that, and I thought I was, but. From up, from he had a pretty good view, and he was always upfront and honest. So, you know, I do understand sometimes certain games that you just you just don't have it. But when it's continual, as I said, we that's why we film it, and we talk to the players because they want to know why we're talking to them about their performance. So when you have film to show them the why, that's their body of work. And that's that's just the new age of of coaching. You want to stay out of the penalty box every game you play, but especially against Harvard, you guys know pretty well what their power play is capable of. Right. Um, how much of that is a priority? And also, what what makes their power play so good? Is it talent or their system or both? Or like, why are they good at that? Well, first, we don't want to play on our heels and be afraid to go on, you know, the PK against their power play, which is excellent. Teddy's always run a, a very good power play or whoever on their staff is running it. It just, seems to, it just seems to be a theme that 
Ted is there and the power play's good. But Ted was a very, very good offensive type player. Although, you know, he's a very good 200 foot player too. But, you know, a good offensive mind. So I, it's not a secret. But he does have some, well, I'm not sure how many draft picks they have over there. But it's many. So I can see why it's pretty darn good too. In general, how's your PK been doing? How do you feel they've been doing lately? I, this year, at one point, it was probably the highest we've seen it in ages. And I thought Jason Tapp's done a done a very good job with it. And you know, the past three games, Jason's been gone, um, so we have to get we got to get that back. Um, he just creates a uh, a competitive nature within those guys, um, and it's something that uh, it's good to it's good to have him back. Where was? Where was? Just recruiting. Oh, recruiting. Wasn't sick or anything. No, no, just recruiting. Yeah, he was gone for like a week and a half. Right? At least, yeah, yeah. So it was a good uh, good tour. I talked to him yesterday, but I, we didn't bring that up. Gotcha. Like, no. Geographically, uh, like where was he? That's one of Jason's many hats is called recruiting. <laughs> We're not going to get into where, where he was. <laughs> Coach, based on the first two days of practice, are you happy with the energy specifically from the guys you maybe weren't happy with on Saturday? No, I'm not disappointed at all. They've, they've, they've shown up. Um, you know, there's a couple things that need some corrections, but they've, they've gone hard. They've got, got, you know, I think they've gotten over the Mayor's Cup. There's nothing to do about it now. So, and that that was actually a great game, and we we've talked to our team about that, and we're still we're still doing it. Is there's a lot of great teaching points that we're still using that we're going to use all week long. There's a bunch of clips for today. There'll be some tomorrow that that we can use to help us. What do you need to do in these final eight games to get home a nice spot in the first round? Oh shoot, I'm not even thinking about that. Honestly. I, I thanks for thinking of us for for a home ice spot. Uh, the easy answer is to win a few games, but honestly, I'd, I want to play as close to 60 minutes as we possibly can, hard, fast, and smart. And you know, to me, that's the goal. And I feel that the rest will take take care of itself. So there won't be any scoreboard watching or. Looking at different scenarios. Hmm. We don't need to put that that type of pressure on them at all. Um, there is no pressure on us. Let's just go. I just want them to go play, play as hard as they can. I, I mean, I just said it, so it's out there, and you know what? Just worry about us. Talked about Harvard a little bit already, but obviously you can't sleep on Dartmouth either, and you guys haven't played these two teams yet. Right. It's kind of general impressions from the early scout. Again, both both these teams are excellent. Harvard is obviously very, very, very skilled, fast. Um, you know, good dynamite power play. Dartmouth, big green for a reason. You know, they got some they got some big boys out there that can really play the game. Um, and again, big, fast, great in transition. And they seem to have it uh, going here. So it's again another tough, tough matchup for us. It's going to be a really tough weekend. So, I, is it any different than any other weekend? I, I think this is a 
this is going to be a nice kind of uh, telltale weekend because you've done uh, a lap around the league per se. So you kind of find out a little bit more about the league and that kind of tells you maybe of where you're at too a little bit. Is Dartmouth maybe the kind of the surprise team of the conference this year a little bit? No, they got some, some older guys, you know, and, and that are doing quite well. They have one of the best sophomores in the league who's, geez, he's just putting up a ton of points as usual. So he's always dangerous. He's a big, big guy as well. So, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not surprised at all by their um, performance here this, this year. Got a Super Bowl pick? You know what? I don't. I don't. Because I don't even know who's playing. <laughs> not the Cowboys, not the Eagles. Yeah, I, you really don't know who's playing. I, honestly, I've caught myself. I had to think about it for a little bit, but to answer your question, I hate San Fran because of what happened with the Dwight Clark catch, so I can't. I'm not rooting for them. So, KC, how's that? That makes sense. Yeah, I'm that's a really fun. date myself with that. Eagles coach, though, coach the Chiefs. You don't, you don't like the Eagles. No, that's well. The, <laughs> Lesser two evils. I'll take that, but yeah. that's they really stuck it to the Dallas with that catch. So I can't, I can't ever forgive them. Will you watch? No. You won't watch the game. I'll probably be sleeping by then. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was at a Rochester Amherst game when he caught that pass. And they, they were you? The, my brother and I were at an Amherst game, and uh, they announced it. I gotta. Who's who? I gotta look and see. I think Randy White, my favorite athlete ever, was was in pursuit too. But I, I I forget the guy who actually threw his hands up in front of Montana. Was that Lewis fifty? He was a linebacker, Lewis. So I don't know. I'd like to. I gotta go see that now. Really want to look at it. No, but <laughs> since I brought it up, I gotta go look at it. Randy White, right? See, I so. grew up a Niners fan, so I could never cheer for the Cowboys in our house. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Fair enough. Fair enough. Alrighty. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Mikey, seemed to enjoy talking about the Super Bowl, and he's still bitter about the uh, 1981 NFC Championship game with his Cowboys losing on the uh, touchdown pass from Joe Montana to Dwight Clark. I don't think that's ever going to go away. <laughs> and frankly, if I was in his shoes, I probably wouldn't either. Um, and we were trying to figure out if it was Randy White who was chasing Joe Montana and, and uh, uh, one of the iconic plays in NFL yeah. history. And unfortunately for Coach Bennett, uh, also one of the most painful probably. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So uh, well, we'll see what happens this weekend with Union and our, uh, with Union going up against uh, Harvard and Dartmouth. It's a tough I, yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, so uh, coming up, we'll have an interview with Sacred Heart Head Coach uh, C.J. Maritolo. You're listening to the Party Shots Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Hi, this is RPI Men's Hockey Coach Dave Smith. And you are listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Back on the Parting Shots podcast, one of the nice stories out of the college hockey season has been the Sigma Hard men's hockey team. The Pioneers are tied for first place in Atlantic hockey. And last week, it was announced that the university will build a new $60 million hockey facility. And then the team captured the inaugural Connecticut Ice Tournament, beating ECAC hockey teams Yale and Quinnipiac. 
I've known my guest since his days as an assistant and associate head coach at Yale. Here is CJ Marotolo. So, CJ, welcome to the podcast, and it's been a long time since we've chatted, and how are things? Things are very well, Ken. It's always good uh, catching up with you. Yeah, good to catch up with you too, CJ, and I, I'm calling because we, you had a great weekend. Uh, actually, you had a great week. Uh, first, the announcement that they're going to build a new hockey facility on campus there at Sacred Heart, and then you win the inaugural Connecticut Ice. What was it like to win that, considering for a lot of people are thinking Quinnipiac was going to be the shoe in to win this thing? Yeah, I mean, I think people who follow college hockey would would say that, uh, you know, our team, you know, had just as good a shot as anybody. But, you know, a casual fan, uh, without question, probably thought we were the underdog. Um, but, you know, we have a really nice team this year. There's a lot of belief with our group. And, you know, this weekend, it was pretty special to go out and win the first one. Someone had to do it. And uh, I'm glad it was Sacred Heart. Now you're the kings of the nutmeg steak. Is that is that correct to, to say? <laughs> right now, but uh, there's a lot of all those teams are all very good, and uh, you know was, we were fortunate to come out uh, with the victory. Um, you know we had great support from our administration and student body there this weekend, uh, which made it extra special. Yeah, I'm just looking at your bio. I just I can't believe it's been 11. You see your 11th season there at. Uh, that's uh, Sacred Heart. Remember your days at Yale as associate head coach. Uh, yeah, what has it? What has it been like the eleven years at Sacred Heart? I mean, it's, it's been a process for you. I mean, now you're at a point now where you're ranked in the top twenty, uh, tied for first place in Atlantic Hockey. So yeah, it looks like things are really coming along. Yeah, I mean, it's been. Uh, I wouldn't trade the experience of the past 10, 11 years for anything. I've grown a lot as a as a coach and as a person. But, you know, there's been a lot of pain. Uh, there's been, uh, you know, and there's a lot of struggles. You know, we're finally up to the 18 full scholarships. Uh, the administration moved us from a local rank to Webster Bank, uh, which obviously helped tremendously. And, um, and through that pain and struggle came growth. And, um, you know, we're at a spot now where we like our team. We like where we're at. You know, the addition uh, or the announcement of a new, the new arena, um, you know, it's a very exciting times for Sacred Heart Hockey and Sacred Heart University. Yeah, especially with what America International did last year, getting to the NCAAs, winning a game in the, in the tournament. I mean, it seems like Atlanta Hockey's really gotten on pace now. And, I mean, how important is it to keep up in that league? And with this, especially with this new facility coming along, I mean, is that, is that, is that important to keep up with everybody? Yeah, I mean, our league is hard. I mean, you know how hard it is, Ken. And there's a lot of great teams. And what AIC did last year uh, was, was terrific. It wasn't a surprise to anybody in our league. Um, you know, when Air Force had a great run at RIT, like our teams are good and we can compete with anybody. And, um, you know, we're working as a league and to get more than just a one-bid league. And I think uh, in time, I, our hope is that you know, we'll get more than one team in, uh, into, into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I'm looking at the standings right here in front of me. Uh, so you and uh, AIC are tied with 40 points, and we should explain to our listeners, Atlantic Hockey goes with a three-point system for the regulation win and a two for the overtime. And then uh, yep. you know, Army at West Point is only three points back, and it, it seems like it's going to be a great race down the finish. Yeah, it's going to be a great race. Uh, 
I'd say AIC has a little bit of the upper hand right now. They have a game in hand on both Army and uh, Army and us. Um, so, you know, we're going to have our hands full at Air Force this week. But I think if you look at the schedule down the stretch, I mean, we play AIC twice and we play Army twice down the stretch. So um, it's going to be uh, exciting down the end for sure. Let's talk about some of your players. I'm mean, looking at the stats here. Jason Cotton uh, leading the way with 17 goals, 11 assists. A senior forward, a senior defenseman Mike Lee with four goals, 24 assists. And a junior forward Matt Tugnut with 13 goals and 14 assists. Can you talk about their play? Yeah, uh, Jason Cotton is one of, one of our captains, and he uh, how he attacks practice every day. He doesn't cheat a rep. He doesn't cheat a stride, and anything that he does out there really works on his game. And um, Myself and our staff, we're not surprised by the year he's having. Just a, a great kid and a great ambassador for the program. Mike Lee anchors our decor. Uh, very, very high IQ. Uh, very elusive. Makes a great first pass coming out of the zone. And he's another one that really works on his game. And, and that tug nut. He's just uh, the heart and soul of our group. Um, he really, the way he plays, he, he skates, how he competes. Um, you know, he's a real, he's a glue guy for our team. And John Benson in goal, is, we played all uh, 26 games this year, uh, 2.25 goals against average, uh, four shutouts, 914 save percentage. Only a sophomore. Yeah, only a sophomore. He's uh, obviously been our workhorse in net and, uh, you know, he's given us a chance to win every game. And in the games that we haven't been where we want it to be, he's made key saves uh, to let us stay in game. So um, can't ask any more from Josh than what he's given. And he's a real quiet kid. He's a humble kid. He's a grounded kid. He comes back every week after week uh, really working on his game in practice. So, um, you know, we're glad that he's wearing a Sacred Heart jersey. Yeah. There's one uh, Sacred Heart uh, player, sophomore, who's from this area, East Greenbush, and Nick uh, Boyage, if I pronounce his name correctly. How's Nick been playing? Nick's been uh, playing well. I might not show in the in the stats. The stats are a little down from what they were last year. But he's uh, he has a guy with a ton of experience. He's very smart. Um, you know, and he's been giving us great minutes, uh, you know, in the role that he's playing. And he's a, he's a young man that can break out at any moment. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to start filling the net as we move forward here towards the end of the year. You mentioned uh, the support for the administration and what obviously the athletic director, I think he's a little well-known in Bobby Ballantyne. I mean, how has he been uh, to work with? I mean, how much did he help, help uh, get this project going? Yeah, Bobby's great. Uh, I mean, he's, he has tons of experience. Uh, you know, dealing with, you know, when he was a major league baseball manager and how to dealing with high-level athletes. So I pick his brain a lot um, on that side of things. And he's a big supporter of hockey. Uh, you know, he was out on the ice with our group when we won the championship on Sunday night. Uh, you know, he, he just he knows how to push the envelope and get things done for us. You talk about that Connecticut, guys. How many, it was inaugural event. I mean, how important is it for the state of Connecticut to have – this, it's almost like a, a bean pot tournament, if you want to compare it to that. Yeah, there's no question. There's a lot of similarities to it. And, uh, you know, I just think it's great to get uh, all of Connecticut hockey under one roof, 
run foot room could celebrate our great game. They had a lot of youth events. They had, uh, you know, women girls hockey, youth hockey. They had coaching clinics with USA Hockey there. Um, it was a great way to celebrate our game and top it off with, you know, the four Division One schools playing. Um, you know, I think this event has a lot of growth um, for the first year. Um, I think it checked a lot of the boxes, and I, I think the sky's the limit. It's also great to see the games being televised by SNY, all four games. That that helps as well, get to, uh, to publicize it for, down, yeah, for future years. Yeah, no question. SNY did an unbelievable job. I haven't actually seen the televised games yet. From what I heard, it was, uh, you know, pro-caliber stuff. Um, and uh, no question, that, you know, it gets to showcase, you know, those four schools. So I think it's a win for everybody. Well, CJ, appreciate a few minutes talking to Sacred Heart Hockey. It's great catching up with you, and good luck to the rest of the way. And maybe if uh, things work out, you'll get an East uh, Regional bid. It'll be here in Albany at the end of March. That would be terrific. It's always great talking hockey with you, Ken. All right, CJ, appreciate it. Thanks again. You're welcome. Back with more of the Parting Shots podcast in just a moment. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Hi, this is Daily Gazette sports writer Jim Schiltz. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette associate sports editor Ken Schott. Back on the Parting Shots podcast, if you didn't get a chance to read Thursday's paper, you can still see the story online uh, by Mike McGann. A great story about uh, Josh Kozak and his uh, project that he had. Mike, you talk a little bit about that. Yeah, a really fun story to write. Um, Josh is a junior uh, hockey, men's hockey player at Union, and he kind of... He, he, just a quick um, background on how it started. He, they were at Dartmouth last season, and he kind of interacted uh, with a uh, special needs uh, Down syndrome kid who was in, this, in the uh, crowd with his parents and sitting right next to the tunnel and, and high-fiving. And, and it, out of that grew, uh, germinated this idea that he wanted to start doing more with kids and community service uh, this season, which he has done since the beginning of the year. Uh, basically, he collects all the unused tickets. The players are allotted a certain amount of tickets, and a lot of them don't get used. And so he, he, every week he kind of goes around and, and grabs the ones that, are, that they know aren't going to be used, and he passes them along to uh, there are a variety of kids groups in the area, um, particularly the kids at Coco House, which is run by a guy named Will Revis, who's terrific and doing wonderful uh, community outreach work over there. So they bring a big, you know, big group of kids to every game and kind of show them you know, a little bit of something that maybe they don't normally get a chance to see. And then Josh meets with them afterwards and, and answers their questions and they sign stuff and they brought them into the locker room just to kind of give them a glimpse of what college life is like and what college hockey is like. Pretty, very cool uh, program. The project name is called? Cozy's Kids. Um, Josh Kosak, but his nickname is Cozy, so it's K-O-Z-I, possibly as kids. And uh, some of the cozy cozy's kids have actually started the Josh Watch, so every time he's on the ice, they are just riveted by whatever he does out there. That's so pretty pretty fun story. That's a great story, story Mike, uh, as usual. Cost. And uh, if you didn't get a copy of uh, Thursday's Gazette, it's online at dailygazette.com. Check it out there. We'll be back to wrap up the podcast in just a moment.
Hi, this is UAlbany football coach Greg Atuso. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Back on the Parting Shots podcast, in addition to the uh, games this weekend with Harvard and Dartmouth, it's the annual Cameron's uh, Project Cameron story uh, where you get a chance to donate uh, new books. Uh, the mission of the project is to support the bonding of parents with their premature babies in neonatal intensive care units through the use of children's literature and storytelling. Uh, this is a project that's near and dear to the hearts of uh, Jason Tapp and his wife, Nicole Lally of uh, ABC 10. They've been doing this for years, and it's a great uh, thing that they, do, that they do. It really is. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad they, they brought it to our attention uh, so we can, you know, publicize it a little bit ahead of time. I know I'm going to be marching over to the Open Door uh, bookstore tomorrow probably to pick something out. So we, we certainly encourage everybody to participate. It's awesome. And we encourage it to be new books. They do not want yeah. used books. It's a new, It has to be basically sanitized. Store-bought. Yeah, store-bought. Yeah. So right. uh, please uh, contribute. That's a great cause. And uh, you know, that way you help um, parents bond with their the babies in, uh, in that situation. So uh, just take a look at the Union College Hockey Fans Facebook page. Harvey Kagan posted, uh, I think it was after the game, uh, games at home next week with Harvard and Dartmouth. He wishes they would put uh, the three most skilled players together and use food with Seager and Rinaldi. Um, I, you know, yeah, I, I understand the the um, temptation to to lean that way, um, but at the same time, you know, if you load up one line and you're you know you're kind of sacrificing you know the the second through fourth lines, uh, you know that that's kind of a dicey proposition, I think. And and maybe if it was like they were like super outstanding offensive talents. Maybe you could do that, but even then you, you still think about maybe spreading it around so that you, you have a threat every time, no matter who you roll out there. Um, yeah. I mean, you can go either way on that one. I understand the, uh, you know, the, the inclination to, to lean that way. The union women's story that you wrote uh, after the Mary's cup victory on this page uh, got 142 likes. All right. Uh, there was some 10 comments and 12 shares. So, a lot of metric driven. Uh, yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. Yeah. That's great to see that the, the women's program is getting a lot of support. I mean, they're, they're much improved. And I, I think it'd be great if they make the playoffs, even if it's the eighth place and they get hammered in the first of uh, the quarterfinals. But to get there would be a, just a remarkable achievement for this team, they, considering they have, how awful they've been over the years. Right. And, and they have some nice pieces right now. They have a solid freshman goalie in Bella McKee. And as, um, RPI women's coach Brian Vines pointed out, he said, we had a lot of trouble with their team speed. So if you're fast, you can you can have a puncher's chance against a lot of teams. So yeah, we'll it'll be fun to watch, see how they do. Yeah, so well, obviously uh, off this week, as we mentioned earlier, yep. but they'll be back next weekend uh, when they go to Quinnipiac and Princeton. Uh, we have always liked to take your comments and questions for the union mailbag. Uh, you can uh, submit your questions or comments. Uh, you can email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com, or you can post it uh, on Facebook when I post uh, the request for questions. Uh, look for my weekly ECAC Hockey Faceoff selections at dailygazette.com slash sports slash parting shots. You can participate in the faceoff selections by emailing your picks to me at shot at dailygazette.com. And before we move any further, Mike, you were almost spot on. With your predictions last week, I was pretty close, wasn't it? Man? I, I must admit to, in the back of my mind, in the later stages of the men's game, thinking, you know, if, if RPI pops in another one here and goes up two one, and then uh, they pull Union pulls Hanson uh, 
you get a shot at an empty <laughs> netter, and then I'm like crushing this out of the ballpark. I mean, absolutely crushing. And I know why you're bringing this up to, um, you know, to bring glory upon my prediction. No, that's not what you're bringing up. You're bringing it up to try to tempt me to, to do this more often. Uh, well, we're going to definitely couldn't be more wrong. We're definitely going to get you for the ECAC hockey tournament. That's fine. Okay, we'll, we'll get you that. for that. I'm we'll not going to, and uh, you know, we're not going to tempt you now. Maybe we'll twist your arm over the summer and. Uh, Figure we'll out. See about uh, that. I, it's enough for me to make a seasonal pick this week, which we'll do later. I'll talk to your agent about maybe uh, doing this pick. We'll be, He's surely overworked, so if you can get a call in, let him know I'm trying to get a hold of him. All right. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Party Shots Podcast. Mike, uh, thanks for joining me. We'll do this again next week. Yeah, my pleasure. All thanks right. for having me. Uh, the Party Shots Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Subscribe today. Follow us on social media. I'm at Slapshots on Twitter and Instagram, and Mike is on Twitter at Mike underscore McGatto. The views expressed in the Party Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Party Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. For Mike McGadam, thanks for listening. For the Party Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.